G'day friends. One of the most widespread measurements taken when a patient presents to a nurse or doctor is their temperature. You could be forgiven for thinking then that there is a well-established value for the average body temperature, but it's a topic of ongoing debate. To complicate matters further, the average human body temperature might actually be changing. I'm Jake Leonard and this is Medium Yield. This episode is recorded on Ngunnawal country. My usual caveats, this episode gets into a bit of history and I'm really just an enthusiastic nerd with my uni student access to journals, but no real historical expertise, so I apologise for any errors that I make. I'm also not your doctor, and this podcast does not contain any medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, seek proper medical attention. With those caveats out of the way, you best believe we're going right back to the invention of the first tool to measure temperature. think that it was Galileo who first developed a thermoscope in the late 16th century. This device responded to changes in air temperature, which pushed a level of water up. It didn't have a scale on it, so it was a thermoscope and not a thermometer. And it was also open to the atmosphere, so it was reactive to barometric pressure. Italian physician Santorio Santorio put a relative scale on a thermoscope in the early 1600s, therefore making it a thermometer. It was bulky and impractical. Santoria may have also recognised at this early stage that the human body had a normal temperature. Innovations occurred in the 17th and 18th century. The first recorded alcohol thermometer was made by Ferdinando de' Medici in 1654. And Daniel Fahrenheit created an alcohol thermometer in 1709 and the first mercury thermometer in 1714. As thermometers were being developed, the need for a consistent scale became apparent and Fahrenheit developed his temperature scale in 1724. The Celsius scale, developed initially by Swedish astronomer Anders Celsius, came about in the 1740s. It still took some time before the thermometer found a medical use. While some physicians in the 18th century were measuring patients' temperatures and concluding that temperature measurements would be useful clinically, the thermometer was immensely impractical until about the mid-1800s. It was over a foot long and took about 20 minutes to get a reading. Karl Reinhold Wunderlich, a German physician who we're going to be talking about a lot over the next few minutes, introduced an auxiliary thermometer around 1851 and started measuring the temperature of patients. In 1866, Sir Thomas Clifford Albert, an English physician, developed a portable thermometer that took a reading in about five minutes. So now finally, nearly 300 years after Galileo's thermoscope, the groundwork was laid to determine what the normal body temperature was. In the 19th century, around the same time as advances were being made in thermometer technology, people attempted to determine the average human body temperature. Becquerel and Brechet determined it to be about 37 degrees Celsius in the 1830s in France. For one reason or another though, still the most famous work on the average temperature in humans was in 1868, when Karl Reinhold August von der Licht produced the course of temperature in disease. It was an impressive piece of work. Over 18 years, his team recorded over a million data points on 25,000 patients in Leipzig in Germany. He used a Fahrenheit-style mercury thermometer, which was about 22 centimetres long. Wunderlich determined that the average body temperature was 37 degrees Celsius, that's 37.0 degrees. 
and this number has stood as the generally quoted figure for some time since. Wunderlich clearly recognised that the average temperature falls within a range rather than a single number. He stated that the range of normal was between 36.2 and 37.5, and anything above 38 degrees Celsius was a fever. Wunderlich also discussed a diurnal variation in temperature of up to half a degree Celsius, with the lowest temperature being in the morning and the highest in the afternoon. He stated that women have a slightly higher temperature than men, and that older people are up to half a degree cooler than younger people. Many of these observations around the variation of average temperature have since been more or less confirmed. There are some issues with this apparently substantial body of data, as pointed out in a 1994 paper by Philip Motzkiewicz and Gretchen Warden. The 1 million data points are impressive, but Wunderlich did not have access to a computer, and statistical analysis as we now know it had not yet come into general use. The question then is, exactly how did he analyse these million data points? However he analysed them, Wunderlich was not clear on any inclusion or exclusion criteria that he may have used. Matskiviak and Warden have also suggested that Wunderlich's thermometers may not have been sufficiently precise. A thermometer similar to the one that Wunderlich would have used is preserved in a museum and has been tested against modern thermometers. It was found to read higher, but this could also just be due to the age of the thermometer, so it is hard to know. studies have been done since, though few of them had as many observations as Wunderlich's. In 2002, Martha Sund-Lavender and colleagues conducted a systematic review of 27 studies. This study reported a range of interesting data that's really better appreciated in a table rather than me trying to describe it to you. Suffice it to say, only very few studies report an average temperature as high as 37 degrees Celsius. In their review, the mean oral temperature in men was 36.7 degrees and 36.2 in women. Rectal temperatures were the highest, followed by oral and then tympanic. The question of what the average human body temperature is is still very much open. The study was published only a few weeks ago in the Journal of the American Medical Association by Catherine Lay and colleagues. To their knowledge, it's the largest data set analysed to answer this question. As well as oral temperature recorded from a standard and calibrated instrument, their data set of outpatients from Stanford Healthcare includes diagnostic coding, demographic and anthropometric data. The team ran a limit filtering algorithm. This algorithm iteratively searches for outlying data, then looks to see if any diagnostic codes are significantly associated with high or low temperatures in the data set, and then removes any patient with that diagnosis from the data set. This process culled some 35% of the data, and then what remained was analysed. After all this filtering, the average oral temperature was 36.64 degrees, with a standard deviation of 0.35 degrees Celsius. They discovered, as Wunderlich did years before, that temperature was higher in the afternoon, higher in women, and lower in older people. The upper limit of normal temperature was 36.8 degrees Celsius in tall, underweight men aged 80 in the morning, so all the factors contributing to a low temperature. In a short woman with obesity, 20 years old at 2 in the afternoon, or all the factors contributing to a high temperature, the upper limit of normal was 37.88 degrees. To summarise where we're at so far, 
Wunderlich declared in 1868 that the average body temperature from auxiliary measurements was 37 degrees Celsius. Very recent studies from a large data set put the average from oral readings as closer to 36.6 degrees Celsius. Can we put this difference in temperature down to equipment and differences in methodology? There is another obvious but seemingly implausible explanation for why modern estimates have all been lower than Wunderlich's. Could it be that humans are just cooling down? A paper in 2020 by Muraslava Protsev and colleagues from the School of Medicine at Stanford University proposes exactly this. They propose that men born today have a body temperature 0.59 degrees lower than men born in the early 19th century, and that the average temperature has decreased at a rate of 0.03 degrees Celsius per decade for men and women since Wunderlich's famous experiments in 1868. It seems like a bold claim, but they make it on the basis of 670,000 observations from 190,000 patients drawn from three data sets. One of these data sets is the Union Army Veterans of the Civil War Cohort, which covers the period between 1862 and 1930. This data set was initiated in the 1970s by Nobel laureate Robert Fogel, drawing from an array of historical medical records. Protsiv and colleagues also used two more modern data sets covering the periods between 1971 and 1975, and 2007 and 2017. So why has the average body temperature gone down? A possible explanation is simply differences in how the temperature was measured. To account for this, Protsiv and a colleague separated out cohorts in the Union Army dataset by birth decade, assuming that the age of the patient would not have influenced the measurement device used. After doing this, they saw a similar trend of decreasing body temperature. So people born in the 1820s had a higher body temperature when they were, say, 50 years old than people born in the 1840s. The trend also persisted in the more modern datasets. Another possible explanation might be the anatomic side of measurement, presumed to be auxiliary for a proportion of the Union Army cohort. But auxiliary temperature is typically lower than oral temperature, so if this were true then you might expect to see the reverse trend. So what would explain the decrease in average body temperature? Protsiv and colleagues propose that a decrease in the population level of inflammation is the most likely explanation. 150 years ago the population was simply more likely to have an underlying infection, from low standards of living and sanitation. Throw in a lack of antibiotics and the higher incidence of disease like malaria, tuberculosis and dental infections, and you can see why the population inflammation burden may have been higher. A paper from August this year by John Speakman and colleagues used data from doubly labelled water trials, which is where hydrogen and oxygen in water is replaced with rare but safe isotopes and enables researchers to measure metabolic rate. They propose to have detected a small but measurable decrease over time in the basal energy expenditure of humans, which is the amount of energy that we use carrying out fundamental functions like breathing and just running the human chemistry machine, but not in exercise. Drawing on Protsiv's work, Speakman and colleagues propose that as the population inflammatory burden has decreased, the amount of energy that we use to just exist has also decreased, which might also account for the decrease in temperature. Thanks for sticking with me this far. The answer to what is the average body temperature is certainly not 37 degrees Celsius, and is probably better answered by saying it depends. 
On average, it's probably somewhere around 36.6 degrees with an oral thermometer, but varies based on the anatomic site the measurement is taken from, as well as the time of day, gender, age, and body composition. If defining a normal body temperature is difficult, you best believe that defining a fever is just as challenging. Probably a topic left for a future part two of this episode. Thanks very much for listening. See you next time.